If you will open your Bibles with me in the book of Joshua, chapter 24, verse 1. Joshua 24, verse 1. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord, church. Amen. Joshua chapter 24, verse 1. I want to start off by reading this verse, then um, we'll go down as we go. But it says in verse 1, Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and called for the elders of Israel, for their judges, and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. Notice that it says, for their judges and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. It's funny that I had this um, topic that the Lord gave me, and my topic is, I'm not thinking about it. I made up my mind. Amen. And it goes with what we went to the conference. And when you very interesting chapter, Joshua 24. Notice that the Bible says that Joshua gathered everyone. He gathered the elders, the heads, the judges, the officers, and they all presented themselves before God. Now, when you read the Bible, this chapter, you're going to find out that this was the last gathering of Israel. Before the passing of Joshua. And the reason for it is that he wants to talk to all the leaders at that time. This, this was a special separate event. But notice that the Bible says that Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to she came and called for the elders of Israel. And he started naming everybody else. That city she came. Now, this is an ancient city that was situated on the floor of the valley near its entrance. Now, there's something special about the city, Shechem. This, as we're going to see, was a place that had lots of rich history for Israel. This city right here. And in the Bible, you will find out that there's four, four notable events that happened. In this city. The first two. Talks about. In this city. The two special events was the place that they call it. A place of calling and commitment. The first two. Remember there's four of them. The first two instances. In Shechem was the place of calling. And commitment. The other two times was the place of shame. So you got one, the calling of commitment, and the other one was the place of shame. 
Number one, you read in the Bible when Abraham came to the promised land, and the Bible says that he camped in Shechem. And it says there that the Bible, the Bible says that God appeared to Abraham. And when he appeared to Abraham, there was a reason for it was to confirm to him his promise that God had made him. And it was in that place, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 12, verse 6 and 7, you're going to find out that what Abraham, when God appeared to him, Abraham built an altar to the Lord at that place. Number two. You read in the Bible when Jacob came back to the promised land. The Bible says that he first camped at Shechem. And he purchased land. Now remember, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, these were very blessed people. He purchased land at Shechem. And again, the Bible says that he built an altar there. So what did he do? He called the place God the God of Israel. Now I'm going to give you the two last instances. This is just my introduction. Jacob's son, Simeon and Levi, it was there that the Bible says that deceptively lured the men of Shechem into a massacre. And it was at that place where they murdered all the men of that city. That's why she came. It's also a place of what? Of shame. And lastly, it was a season of recommitment to God in the life of who? Jacob. God told Jacob, go to Bethel. Amen. He says, go to Bethel. I don't know why this turns on right. He says, go to Bethel, he tells them, and notice what the Bible says. Jacob did so and commanded all that his household put away their what? Their idols. And Jacob took all his idols and buried them in that city, Shechem. Okay, now notice what happens now. So there's a reason why Joshua is gathering all of Israel. And he's reminding them of God's faithfulness, of what God has done in their lives. Now, you're going to find out, as I mentioned last time, when I, re I read the whole chapter, the word that caught my attention was this one word, is serve. Serve. Served or serving. In the positive way, which means serving God, or the negative, when they were serving other gods. But you're going to find out in the whole chapter, that word just jumps out everywhere, serve. That's why the topic again says, I'm not thinking about it. I made up my mind that I'm going to serve God. Amen? I'm going to serve God. Look at verse 2. And Joshua said to all the people, 
thus says the Lord God of Israel, your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. But then he says in verse 3, then I, just follow me through, okay? Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river and led him. How many know that the Lord leads us? Led him throughout the land of Canaan and multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac. Now look at verse 4. It says, to Isaac... I gave Jacob and Esau. Then it says, To Esau I gave the mountains of Seir to possess. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. They took another route. They went to Egypt. But look at verse 5. I also sent Moses and Aaron. Now, look what, what the Bible, I mean, just what it says, and I plagued Egypt according to what I did among them. Afterwards, I brought you out. How many know, are grateful that God brought us out? And, and, you know, God is still bringing us out. Verse 6, then I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came. Look, look what it says. I brought your fathers out of Egypt. And you came to the sea, the Red Sea, and the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. But the Bible says in verse 7, so they cried out to who? To the Lord. Let me say this, church. God is still on our side. They cried out to the Lord, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. Now remember, Joshua, is, he's saying all of this in front of all the leaders. Did you get that? Leaders, people that had positions. How many times we got to be reminded of the great things that God has done in our life? And it says, I like this. He says in verse 7, and he brought the sea upon them and covered them. And look what it says. And your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. I, I can assure you everyone here this morning can testify that you have seen with your eyes of the great things that God has done for you. Then he says, then you dwelt in the wilderness, verse 7, a long time. See, we learn so much about the Bible. It says that you guys were in dwelt, you dwelt, or you lived in the wilderness. Wilderness is the desert. And what does the Bible says? A long time. See, many of us, we don't, long, we don't like the long time. But there's times in your walk with the Lord that, you know, it might be a little bit of time, medium time, or a long time. But what, what's important is that God was with them. Verse 8, 
And I brought you into the land of the Amorites who dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Why would it say on the other side of the tracks? And they fought with you. But look what he says. They fought with you, but I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land. And look what he says. And I destroy them before you. Do you see how God, any time that Israel was walking in the will of God, God always defended them. God always defended those who came against him. God is faithful, church. That's why you got to make up your mind that you're going to serve him. And that's Joshua is trying to tell them, hey, don't forget how God divided the Red Sea. How I fought your enemies. That's, that's what he's telling them. He says, I destroy them before you. And then look at verse 9. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Morab, look what the Bible says, arose to make war against Israel, and he sent and called Balaam. Remember that passage in the Bible? It says, the son of Beor, to what? To curse you. But how many know, church, that when you give your life to Jesus, you are blessed? No cursing can come against you, church. When you're walking in the will of God, no curse can come upon you. No curse can come upon the church. Why? Because we are blessed. You'd be surprised just because, you know, um, something happened, your tire popped, and right away I'm cursed. No, you're not cursed, you're blessed. Just check the air next time, that's it. But look what he says in verse 10. But I would not listen. This is God. He says, I would not listen to Balaam. Even when Balaam tried to curse Israel, the Bible says, I would not listen to Balaam. And the Bible says, therefore, he continued to what? To bless you. And there you, you see it again. So I deliver you out of his hand. And, and Joshua, he's just giving them stories and everything that God has done, his faithfulness. I'm getting somewhere because this is where I'm going to finish. But look what he says in verse 11. Then when you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you. Also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gerashites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. He says, but I deliver them into your hand. How many know that God will use anything? God can use a donkey. God can use a fly. God can use whatever he wants, church. How many know that God is creative? Amen. God can send a little boy to, uh, to speak to you. Look what the Bible says. Verse 12, I sent the what? The hornet before you, which drove them out from before you. He used what? A hornet. Which drove them out before you. 
also the two kings of the Amorites. But notice what it says here, church. This is what gets me. He says, but it was not with your sword. It wasn't your sword. It wasn't your weapon. He says, or with your bow. He goes, it wasn't not, none, of, none of your stuff. It wasn't none. It was me. I called the little hornet, and I said, hornet, drive them out. Verse 13, I, look what he says, have given you a land. Look, look, look how good God is, church. I have given you a land for which you did not what? Labor. There's times in your walk with God, church, hear me out. There's times in your walk with God, God, all he does is just give you free passes, man. You don't do anything. That's God's favor when we don't deserve it. Did you hear that? When we don't deserve it, God still gives it to you. Amen? And the Bible says, I gave you a land which you did not labor. Have you ever been there? Where God just shocks you? I mean, God just comes through and God surprises you. You weren't expecting it, but that's the God that we serve, church. And he says, and I gave you cities. How would you like a city for your life, church? Amen. Cities which you did not what? Build. And he says, and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. There's times, church, where God just starts dropping blessings left and right. And you know why? Just because you serve him. This is where I'm going to finish right here, verse 14. Number one. We'll give you six, six things right here. Number one says, now therefore, know that you get that now. Not, not tomorrow, not, not when it gets better, when, when the weather's better, when things are, when I feel better. It doesn't say that. He says, now. Now, have you noticed that's a very important word in the Bible. Even Jesus says, now today is the day of salvation. He says, now, number one, fear the Lord. Church, the church of now, the church of now, we cannot lose that. The fear of the Lord is very important, church. It's the fear of God. I know that the world is doing the contrary. There's no fear of God right now. But inside the church, we are called to fear the Lord. You know what that means? That we give him all the reverence that he deserves. Amen? Not the world doesn't do that. They don't fear. They don't reverence the Lord. But we, the church, the light, we're not darkness. We are the light. We're called to reverence God. Number two, 
He said, serve him. Remember that word's over 15 times in this chapter. Serve him. You know what that word means in the Hebrew? It means this. It means to work. Work for him. Work for God. Let me put it this way. God wants to hire you. Are you willing to work? How many know that God pays good? Anytime you work for God, God pays good. Amen. God is telling Israelites, he says, serve him, work for him, worship him, do his will. Church, God has called us to serve him. Number three, he says, if you're going to serve him, serve him in. He says, what? In sincerity. You know what that means? In the Hebrew, it means you're going to serve him entirely. Two words popped out in that meaning. Number one, with integrity. Number two, in truth. Joshua is telling them, look, serve him with sincerity. Don't say that, you know, don't say right now. Because the anointing is here and you're saying, yes, yes, we're going we're gonna to serve him. Then three days later, you forgot about serving him in sincerity. Integrity is, is that you keep your word. Amen? That's integrity. You keep your word. If you told someone, yes, keep your word. Amen. So Joshua, he's telling Israel in sincerity, serve him entirely with integrity, with truth. And the meaning goes even deeper. He says, without blemish. Amen. May God help us, church, not to be those that, you know, we say one thing, but we don't fulfill it. You come to the altar, but then we do otherwise. Serve God sincerely. With sincerity. Number four. And in what? Truth. What does that mean? That means stability. You got to be stable in your walk with God, church. It's a word that means to, when you built something and it's strong enough because it has support. Your certainty. God is looking for believers in Christ who walk with them in truth that are stable. Doesn't matter what comes your way, church. You're strong. Your support is God. Amen. I might bounce back, but because I'm leaning on God, on God, I bounce back up. Amen. That's what God, that's what he's, God is, to, you know, saying. He says, and in truth. And then he says, put away. How many know, church, we can have fear. We can serve him in sincerity and in truth. But maybe there's something, one thing, two things, three things that you got to put away. You know what it is. Put it away. Put the toys away. And that word, I, I love, it, it means to turn off. There's some things in your life that are still turned on, church. 
Turn it off. Turn it off. Amen? Turn it off. Don't, don't keep it on. If it's on, guess what? You still have access to it. But if you turn it off, there's no access. Turn it off. The other meaning it means is decline. Church, in your walk with God, you got to learn how to decline things that, are not edif- that do not edify your life. You got to learn how to say no. You got to learn how to say no to sin. Don't stay quiet on me, church. Decline it. Decline sin. Come on, church. I said decline sin. Another word that goes with that is rebel. Don't rebel. Put it away. It's the word remove. Withdraw. And that's what he's telling them. Put away the gods, he says, which your fathers served. Let me tell you this, church. When you come to the family of Christ, the Bible says you are a new creation. Amen? And all of us grew up different in our homes, in our families. And maybe there's been things in your life that you know that in Christ, it's a, everything is new. Amen? I know certain things in my life that I was never taught that I thought they were okay. Amen? But it wasn't until in the Lord and still learning that there are certain things of my past that maybe my ancestors did in the world But in God, they are not pleasing to God. Amen? We don't serve other gods no more. We don't worship other gods no more. We only worship the true and only God. Put them away. Put away. Church, you hear me? Put away the gods. Anything that takes the priority and place of God, that's a God. You give that more time than worshiping God, serving God. Come on, church. You know what I mean? You you know what you give more time other than God? For some, it might be the cookbook. Eight. 20 hours trying to get recipes. You know, you hear there's nothing wrong with it. Your hobbies. For some, your hobbies, you give it more priority than God. Your your heart, that's why Jesus says that's where, where your heart, that's where your heart is. That's where your treasure is. So I don't need to tell you, church, you know. You know what takes God's place. And I I know, oh, pastor, we live in a real world. We're all busy. 
I got family, I got kids, I work, I know that. But don't give that excuse, church, because it's, why is it that we give more time for other things and not God? Come on, be real. I know what it is to work hard, to put in hours, I know that, but I also know that you got to know how to manage, balance your life. Pastors, because, you know, I got 15 kids and you know, I got to tell, well, you should have thought about that before. You know. <laughs> As Mexicans, we're 10 and up, you know. And I was just thinking, I was telling, um, I think Brother Angel was telling, seven kids were in my house with the two girls at it. Glory. All I saw was three big fat checks coming in. Now I'm just playing. Now I'm just playing. No, no, no. You know what I'm saying is that, but that, church, it's not hard. You got to learn how to manage the time. Like when Monica told me, she says, you know, I'm going to help Brianna for the first two weeks. That's fine. Don't try to bump it up to six, though, I said. She's going to be here today in the Spanish, and my two girls will be here. You guys get to meet her today. But what I'm saying is that I, I told them, but they know, like, I know they know this, this is my life. This is my calling. Amen? God is everything to me. Okay. And it says in verse 14. Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and Egypt. But then he says, like, look. He says, but don't forget. He says, look, at, look what he says at the end of verse 14. He says, serve the Lord. Work. And the meaning also means that you are a slave. You work for God now, church. You got to get creative, church. Even at your workplace and your home, how can I serve God? When I'm not in the house of God, how can I work for God? You know how real easy? Serve others. Serve others. Be a blessing to others. Serve others. Because anytime you're serving others, you're demonstrating, you're showing who you really serve. That's Jesus. The king of kings. Now, just notice, church, nowadays nobody wants to serve nobody. Everybody wants to do their own thing. But see, we are the salt. We are the light. We serve others. Because we serve the real king. The king of all kings. The Lord of all lords. And his name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He says, serve the Lord. Come on, church. Serve God. Get connected. And then he tells them, verse 15. And if it seems evil to you. Look, what he, look how he breaks it down. If it seems evil 
to you to serve the Lord. Think about that, church. Look what he's telling me. And if it seems evil, you know what that word evil means? It doesn't mean just like to frighten. The word means to spoil. What do you mean? When you spoil something that's not good anymore. Basically, God is saying, if you think that it's, if it seems evil to you that, you know, if you serve me, like you're wasting time? No. How many know that serving God is not wasting time, church? That's what he's telling them. That's what the meaning, the word evil means to spoil. Literally, it means breaking into pieces. Good for nothing. Let me tell you something, church. Don't believe the lie of the devil that says that if you serve God, everything else is going to be spoiled. Everything else in your life is going to be good for nothing. No, church. God doesn't spoil he puts everything back together. Amen. Everything that is falling up or falling apart in your life, God begins to put it back together. Amen. When you serve God, it's not a good for nothing. No. When you serve God, it is good to serve God. That's why they say God is good. And all the time, God is good. He tells them, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, if you think serving God, you know what? God's going to spoil you. Oh, it's because I can't go to church. I can't serve God because I made a six-month plan, and you're doing it the wrong way, church. That's the time to put God in your plans, in your business, in your work, in your ministry, in your finances. Involve God, church. Don't put God out of the box. And that's what many people are doing. Even though they say, oh, I'm a Christian. I love God. I serve Jesus. But they don't put God in the mix. If anything, God's going to give you the very best for your life. That's why the Bible says, and all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. He's not going to spoil anything. He's going to fix everything. Oh, because what if God takes it away? No, first thing, I ain't going to take nothing away. You gotta, that's why the Bible says, trust. What does it say? Trust in who? Trust in the Lord. And lean not in your own understanding, church. Trust in God. And he says, choose for yourself this day. Whom will you serve? Who are you going to serve, church? You got to ask yourself, am I going to serve God all the way? Once again, I'm not going to think about it. I made up my mind. I'm serving God. He says, choose for, your, for yourself this day. Whom will you serve? Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. I don't know if you caught that. He gives them two examples. He says, look, 
you could either serve the real God, the father God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He says, or you can serve those that are on the other side. But then he says this. Or the gods of the Amorites, look what he says, in whose land you dwell. Right now. He says, right now, where you dwell right now, can you serve God? And you know, I don't know why people say, no, it's because nowadays it's hard to serve God in these times. No, it's not, church. The deeper, the closer you are with God, the easier it gets. Now, if you're not walking with God, you're far from God, then it's going to be very hard for you to serve God in this generation. Yes, there might be, you know, sin might be more rampant, more crazy things. But guess what? Our God is bigger. And where sin abound, God's grace aboundeth much more. God's grace is bigger, it's stronger, it's more powerful. He said, oh, in whose land you dwell. But then he tells them, he says, I don't know about you guys. He says, I already gave you the rundown. I already gave you, we talked about all the testimonies, everything that God has done. You saw it with your eyes. You saw it. You lived it. And he tells them, but as for me and my house, but as for me and my house, we will. It doesn't say we might. Probably. Let me think about it. Give me, pastor, give me 12 hours. Let me think about it. No, he says, but as for me and my house, we will. We will, we will serve the Lord. See, church, you got to decide today. We will serve the Lord. He says, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you know what that word, because I like, I, every, every word has a meaning to it. That word house, as for me and my house, the word meaning, it means to build up. It's something that you build up. With your family. I didn't work this hard, church. I didn't pray. I didn't fast. I didn't live for God. For everything to go away. No, church. Me and my house. I've cried many times. I've suffered. I pay the price. Me and my house are going to serve Jesus. It's not just talking about me and my heart. It's something that you build up. You work for it. Hallelujah. Yeah, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. We're going to serve God all the way. All the way. We're serving Jesus. Amen. Even you got to declare a church in your house. Even if your kids are not, you're saying, no, you're going to serve God. When you're praying, you're, you're going to name them by name. You're going to serve God. Vas a servir a Dios. You're going to serve God. Because me and my house are going to serve God. I've prayed so much. I've prayed. I fasted. I, I believe the word of God. I speak words of faith. I call those things which are not as they are. You are going to serve God with me in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If you believe it, give the Lord a clap offering. Please stand, church. Amen. Thank you.
you for joining us for today's message at New Generation Church. For more information, visit us at ecngchurch.com.